It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to The World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by The Times of London. Today, with me, Eleanor Shearwood and Lou Newton. And first we go to Israel, where some hostages are back home as they've been freed by Hamas, but the fate of others is still unknown. In Israel, freed hostages and the families of those who are still being held have united to share the message that no hostages should be left behind. My child knows that I won't give up on him, and I need to hear the cabinet telling me this, that they're also not going to give up on my child. That's why they need to meet with me. That's our demand. And if not, starting this evening... We'll have a sit-down outside the Kurya, the Defence Ministry's headquarters, until they meet with us. That was Yael Adar. We translated that ourselves. And she's the mother of Tamir Adar. He was taken by Hamas from kibbutz near Oz on the 7th of October. Hamas is still holding men and women in Gaza. And Richard Spencer, the Times Middle East correspondent, isn't sure we'll see them anytime soon. We don't know quite how many living hostages there are, but we think it's somewhere in the region of 130 plus. Uh, Nearly all of them now are men. There are still a few women there, according to Israel. The Israelis have been fairly clear that that ceasefire was just for women and children, and they have pulled their negotiators out. Hamas too say there'll be no more uh, hostage releases until the end of the war. So it's not looking um, positive for for any kind of resumption of that. Um, Though, given it a couple of months, and they might feel there's time for another pause in the fighting for another round of exchanges, but uh, not in the immediate future. Not all of the hostages' relatives actually agree with meeting Hamas's demands. Zavika Moore's son was 23 years old when he was taken from the Supernova Festival on October 7th. And he says that releasing Palestinian prisoners isn't right because it would lead to another large-scale terrorist attack in Israel. On The World in 10, we've discussed how the war between Israel and Hamas has started to spill into other parts of the world. Well, over the weekend, a US warship was forced to shoot down kamikaze drones after it came under attack in the Red Sea. Iranian-backed rebels, the Houthis, they control much of Yemen. They attack the Ali Burke-class destroyer, the USS Kani, and commercial vessels, including one with British ownership. So you've got the USS Kani patrolling the area. It's a warship. Then you've got these non-military commercial vessels and the commercial ones come under attack as does the Kani and then the Kani shoots down the drones because the other ones aren't warships and that's kind of what it's there for. 
The Houthis launch the attack because they think these commercial vessels have something to do with Israel. Israel says the ships have got nothing to do with them. It happened in the Bab al-Mendeb Strait, which connects the Red Sea to the Gulf of Aden. It's near the Suez Canal in that part of the world, so it's a very significant part of the global shipping industry. Now, this isn't a new tactic. The Houthis have been targeting Israeli-linked ships passing Yemen in the Strait and say they'll continue to do so until the war in Gaza ends. And the militant group have also recently been firing drones and missiles at Ilat. That's a city in southern Israel. And the Israelis have so far been successfully shooting them down. But just consider that they're firing them all the way from Yemen, which is separated from Israel by Saudi Arabia. It's a long way. George Grills is the Times defence correspondent. He's currently in Ilat and says that the vessel had also already been engaged with the Houthis. The Houthis have been launching these long-range ballistic missiles and drones and cruise missiles all at southern Israel from the other end of the Arabian Peninsula. That's, you know, over a thousand miles away. And simultaneously launched this campaign of piracy in the Red Sea. It was just the scale of the attacks really caught the world's attention. So it was certainly the most uh, high profile attack that they ever launched yet. The Americans deployed this warship quite early and it has already been shooting down cruiser ballistic missiles that have been going towards Israel. That's one of its primary purposes of being there. This strait becoming a front of this war would raise serious concerns because it's one of the world's busiest shipping lanes. 10% of global trade passes through it. So any large-scale attack by the Houthis risks causing a global economic shutdown. If cargo ships can't move around their usual routes, it can be a catalyst for big problems. Now, clearly, the US isn't the only other place this war is having an impact. Consider Ukraine, for example, and how Russia is taking advantage of the West being somewhat distracted there, too. Maxim Tucker's been looking at this, and he suggests that the Kremlin's trying to hit NATO weapons en masse. Russia's upped its military spending by 70% and is building a factory to produce more than 1,000 Shahed suicide drones a month. Maxim's told us Ukraine needs a huge amount of artillery to compete with Russia. With the supplies dwindling or, or limited, it's going to be really hard for Ukraine to continue to defend its territory. Putin sees that, knows that, and will be hoping that if he can get one big victory before the end of the year um, at Avdiivka, near where I am now, he will be able to sell himself as, as, a, as a winner um, ahead of the, the Russian elections. I mean, those are predetermined elections, but I think he still wants to see a, a big turnout in support of his presidency. And then just hold out until he hopes Trump is, is elected, um, which would probably put an end to the most advanced weapon supplies to Ukraine uh, and, a, and high kind of military spending on replenishing the Ukrainian equipment. And that would inevitably lead to Russian advances, Russian taking more Ukrainian territory and possibly even taking Kiev itself. But there's another side to this too, because there is clearly still some Western support for Ukraine. Maxim's been out spending time with the British trained soldiers, and he told us what that was like. The first thing that struck me when I saw this young soldier, Yaroslav, was that he was wearing a a British Army issue helmet and a British Army issue jacket, holding a British um, anti-aircraft missile system, um, which he was very confident, very professional with. 
Um, I mean, he could easily have been a British Army recruit. Yaroslav, who's just 22, has been telling Maxim how he's been using that training to fend off these Shahid drones. Last Friday, he spent hours out in freezing conditions using missiles to deflect them from hitting the capital and essentially stop Putin's attempts to freeze Ukraine into submission by hitting its energy infrastructure. And it's people like Yaroslav who Putin's failed to account for. The training and the missiles they've got from the West have helped them take down hundreds of Russian targets. Targets. And they've been celebrating it too over text with the British Army soldiers who train them. To Indonesia now, where hikers covered in ash and suffering burns have been rescued after a volcanic eruption. Mount Marapi is on the western island of Sumatra and it's one of its most active volcanoes. This isn't the first time this year it's erupted. This time, though, was sudden and shocking, not unlike the videos online showing what's happened after. Desperate survivors have been sending messages to their families too. In this one, she's saying, Mum, help me. She's 19, her face is covered with ash and there's smoke covering the landscape behind her. Almost 50 people, mostly hikers, spent a night on the slopes before rescue teams reached them this morning. Efforts to reach more people were then suspended after another smaller eruption. At the time we're recording this, some people are still waiting to be saved. 11 people are known to have died. There are 12 unaccounted for too. It's not just the victims we've been hearing from. This woman says she's waiting for her nephew, who she thinks got stuck on the way down from a hike. Rescuers can't do searches by air, so they're having to carry people down manually. Ash is almost three kilometres high in the sky. We'll finish with a question today. At what point is it okay to cancel a wedding? I'm not asking for myself, but for Juan Ortega, one of Spain's most well-known bullfighters, who backed down from his just an hour before. Oh, it's giving Rachel from Friends running into a coffee shop, but kind of the grown-up version. (laughs) Anyway, it's led to something of a national scandal and a huge outpouring of love for his fiancée. She's a cardiologist and obviously has been left inconsolable. There's been huge speculation in the media too, who've placed him neatly in the bad guy role. Yeah, some people are saying it's ironic he could face a bull head on, but not a wedding, especially given even complex bullfights tend to be around 15 minutes. Which is still longer than this podcast. Mm. Speaking of which, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on top of the world with the help of the Times of London. See you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.